Welcome to the River Valley Podcast. River Valley is a group of people seeking to connect to Jesus and connect to each other. And we're excited that you're here. Whether you're listening at home, on the job, maybe at the gym, in the car, wherever you're joining us, I hope that you'll open up your heart, open up your mind, and receive a fresh word from the Lord today. Enjoy the message. We're going to be in Luke chapter 10 is where we're going to be today. As we continue to look at uh, what we are in, in our church to become intentionally multi-ethnic uh, within our church, uh, I want to look today at what can you do? What does it look like for what you do? Do you know anyone who has really great stories of God interjecting himself in their life? I mean, most of us, it might not be a bunch of stories, but you're like, I can't believe that happened. My first mentor was that way. He was unbelievable, had these stories that God did in his life. Let me give you one of my favorites. So uh, he, he traveled in his own plane. He was a, he was a World War II pilot. And then uh, he had his own plane. And so he would travel to meetings that he would preach. And uh, he tells the story one time of uh, he was fogged in. It was really heavy, dense fog. He called the man that, that uh, you know, kept the, the plane. And, and uh, he said, hey, I need you to come unlock the, I need the barn that was kept in. And, and I'm going to fly in. The, the man said, you can't. It's, it's, it's fogged in. It's way. He said, you can't hardly see the runway. I've been out there. And he said, no, come out. And so he sent the, they went out, they sent the man up to the tower, uh, and, uh, and he started praying. And the man says, when I got up to the tower, he said, there was a line of clear straight down the runway. And he said, I watched as the plane took off. He said, the fog closed in behind the plane. And my mentor said he flew the entire distance and he never lost sight of the ground. It was clear where he was. And you're like, oh, I want that in my life. I want God to do that kind of stuff in my life, amen? I don't want to live a normal life, and I don't want to just read about what God did. I want to have testimonies of what God does in my life. In fact, there was one man in our group that kind of, he didn't believe my mentor. He's like, you think all that stuff happened? And so my mentor says, travel with me for a week. And so he did. He traveled with him for a week, and at the end of the week, that man came back, and he told his wife, it's true, that stuff really does happen. And so it's really and true. Truly, what if you could pray a prayer today? What if you could see God move in a very specific way, knowing he's there? That's what we're going to do today. Luke chapter 10, beginning in verse 25. Bible says, so Jesus is, is there. He says, an expert in the law stood up to test him, saying, teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law? He asked him, what, how do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. So Jesus, you've answered correctly. He told him, do this and you will live. But wanting to justify himself, he asked Jesus, so who's my neighbor? So Jesus took up the question and said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers. They stripped him, they beat him, and fled, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down on that road. When he saw him, he passed by on the other side. In the same way, a Levite, when he arrived at the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, on his journey, came up to him, and when he saw the man, he had compassion. 
He went over to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on olive oil and wine. Then he put him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, uh, gave them to the innkeeper, and said, Take care of him. When I come back, I'll reimburse you for whatever extra you spend. Which of these three do you think proved to be the neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? The one who showed mercy to him, he said. Then Jesus told him, Go and do the same. So this is the parable of the Good Samaritan. And I want us to look at this, and then we're going to come back at the very end and pray a very specific prayer and see if God shows up in your life. So the, the, the parable, the story starts out with this great question that we all ought to all ask. Okay, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? That's a big question, and you need to know the answer. For many years, I've asked people a, a similar question like that, and I have been shocked that they don't have an answer. I mean, even if it's in a wrong answer, I mean, you would think that you would like, you know, what's going to happen after I die? People just don't think that way. In fact, I've stopped asking that question because people just throw out something and you're like, you just made that up on the spot. Then you're like, yeah. And so, so I, I, it's been amazing to me. People don't think about eternity. Well, here comes asking this. Now, I want you to circle the word inherit because it's a good way to ask the question. What does it to take or what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? Inherit. In other words, not earn, not work for, inherit. That's very different. That's very different. And so it's a good starting point. We don't work or earn uh, our inheritance in our relationship with Jesus. It's a gift given. It's a gift. I mean, for the dad to pass on to the son or daughter, he is giving us eternal life. So we don't earn it or work for it. But we see in this text, really, he says he's really not, he's really not asking what to do. He sa the Bible says he's testing him. But that's okay because we can learn from this story. So if it's a great question to ask this, well, what's the great answer? He says, you should love God and love people. Love God, love people is all we're talking about today. Now, Jesus spends an inordinate amount of time making sure and defining what we're talking about when we talk about love. What does it look like to love someone? So he starts first, let's talk about loving God. He says, I want you to love God and with all your heart, your soul, your strength, and your mind. Love God with everything. It's easy to Hey, I love you. These are actions of how I love. So he says, love God with your heart and with your feelings, the way that you feel about God. Love God uh, with your soul it is a spiritual element for you to truly love God. Strength, you do something with your love. Love God with your mind, you think about him. I mean, remember the early days of your dating life. Remember how distracting it was to date because you were consumed with thinking about that person. Jesus says there ought to be moments that I consume your mind. There ought to be moments that all of your strength goes to know me. There ought to be moments that your heart just bursts with love. There ought to be these moments where you say, I truly know and love God. And so the Bible says that once we have that, the kind of faith that we have in God, the way that we uh, truly love God, it has action associated with it. Faith without works is dead. So I love God. Okay, well, then what do I do with that? Well, then we love people. We love people. We, we truly love them. And, and he's going to tell us a story about this. So the first question he asks is, okay, who's my neighbor? 
Who is my neighbor? In this day, they would have had ethnic neighborhoods. So in their neighborhood would have been people exactly like them and probably a large portion of their uh, relatives would have been in this neighborhood. That's an easier group to love. Some of you live on like land where you have all of your family or a lot of your family included, and that's both wonderful and horrible, amen? And so, right? <laughs> so you're like, I love most of them and we like some of them and then there's, you know, Uncle bill or whatever. And so, so, uh, but he makes sure and he gets out of that. Now, I do think it's a good place for us to start. Who are your neighbors and do you love them? Do you love your neighbors? It's kind of funny. So my, y'all, y'all are my neighbors right there. Uh, I have two different or three different neighbors that go to our church, uh, like actual neighbors that live in, on my block. And so uh, you, you start there, but this is the question that he gives us. And this is what he ha- says. So, He says, let's tell a story. A man's going down, and it's literally downhill, like big time downhill. So Jerusalem is built up on a plateau, and Jericho's down. So he's going down, and he meets up with robbers. And the Bible says that they strip him, so he's literally naked. They beat him, so he's bloody. They take everything from him. So he has no money to go and to help you, you know, to buy more clothes. He is totally destitute at this moment. So who loves him? Well, it says, first of all, you have a priest and a Levite that walk by him. The Levites are one of the 12 tribes of Israel. So of these 12, these people are set aside and they're not allowed to uh, farm. They don't do agriculture. Their entire tribe works in ministry. Most of them work in kind of a physical ministry. They do the upkeep of the temple. Uh, They do the things that need to be done so that that God's uh, temple and his sacrifices run smoothly. But the priests are also Levites from the tribe of Levi, but they're the ones who do the ministry that you think of with the robes or, or the sacrifices. So these are both people that are set apart very much for God. If anyone would would think of them, you would think, okay, well, there's a godly person because their whole tribe, their whole existence is called to do that. But remember, what's the question? How do you know if you have eternal life? Well, he gives us two examples of people that do not have eternal life. Why? They step around. In the moment that they are, have the opportunity to show how much they love God by loving his people, they step around and they don't do it. Now, we could be all, listen, let's be honest here. All of us have been these people at some time. All of us have stepped around somebody because we've got something else to do on our calendar and that, you know, help people was not at three o'clock and that's when it comes across. All of us have done this, but the, the, the reminder is these are the people that have eternal life, so these are the people that don't have eternal life. So let me make a very, very strong statement from this text. Here's the statement. Christians go to heaven Religious people go to hell. Spiritual people go to hell. Only Christians go to heaven. These are extremely religious, spiritual people. But the whole point of this first bit is to say, these are people who are born in it, who work in it, who live like it, who, who dress like it. But these are people who do not know God and they are going to hell. That is the very much the text. And so be careful in our day. We have so many people that say, well, I'm, you, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a spiritual person. I'm a religious person. I, I, I like doing those things. Okay, let's be 
works. Those are not people who know Jesus. Those are not people who love the Lord their God with all their heart and soul and mind and strength. Therefore, those are people who are destined to be apart from him. So we need to make this clear. Just because you want to be a nice person, just because you do religious things, does not mean that you have the relationship that this text teach, teaches. We have to have a relationship with Christ, and it makes a difference. So what does that relationship look like? Let's look at the Samaritan in verse 33. Now, who are the Samaritans? The, uh, um, and, and the reason I'm teaching this text as we're talking about being multi-ethnic is this is a man that's helping someone who doesn't look like him. This is a man whose, whose love of God means he loves all people at the cross from them. And so it's not, it's not his people, it's someone different. And so we can learn from this what we need to do. So they are hated, uh, and the Samaritans were hated by Jews because they were sellouts. They had intermarried with other religions. They had in, in brought that religion into their own. They were, they were kind of Jewish and kind of this, this other group. And so uh, Jewish people, they did not like Sam Samaritans. But the Samaritan's about to become the hero of the story because he shows he truly loves God by the way he loves people. And so we need to... Uh, um, look at this and how it works. So right now, when we talk about love, some, I guarantee you in the last 24 hours, some of you have seen somebody abuse the word love. Some of you have seen somebody abuse the word love. Somewhere last night in Bastrop, Texas, there were some middle schoolers, and he said, I love you. And I mean, he did. He looked, and he, he said, I love you. And he was like, you know, with my 13 years of life experience, I just want you to know how much I love you. And she's like, oh, right? And, and she calls, and she texts her friends, and she Snapchats them, and he doesn't know love. He doesn't understand it. He doesn't mean it. It is a manipulation to, in, in a circumstance. It's all it is. Last night, there was somebody who got too drunk, and he came home, and he yelled at his family, and he beat up on his kids, and then to this morning, when he's in trouble, or when she threatens to leave, or she threatens to call the police, he says, but I love you, and he's lying. It's not true. You can say it because it's powerful and emotional, but there's a way to know if you mean it. What is that? Let's look at the, the Samaritans. Here's the Samaritan. Here's what love is. Three points. Number one, love is, the Bible says, he looked at him and he had compassion. He had compassion on him. He didn't understand. Now, remember, the guy's been robbed and the guy's been beaten up. But the Samaritan doesn't know that. The Samaritan just knows that this guy is bruised and bloody and without any help. I mean, you know, he could have thought to himself, that guy's been on a bender. He needs to get his life together. He has no idea what's been going on. But he has compassion on him. Some of us as, as, as Texans especially would have a tough time with this one because we wouldn't have compassion on that person because you've spent your whole life hoping that someone would rob you because you've carried that gun your entire life waiting to use it. I mean, you have, you know. I mean, you have carried it everywhere. You might forget your Bible to church, but you do not forget your gun. I mean, that is the way. And so, so you're like, I would never, that would never happen to me you know, and, 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 and we think that way. So listen, we have compassion regardless of the circumstance, regardless of if they deserved it or not. You know, we have compassion simply because they're in a hurt and vulnerable position and that's it. When you truly love someone, you have compassion. It hurts you when they hurt. 
Man, you want to see healing and hope, and this guy has no idea who he is, but he has compassion on him. Man, when we are hurting, the people that love us hurt alongside uh, of us, and they, um, they, they uh, get the idea. Now, uh, cool, cool side note, March 27th. March 27th will be Compassion Sunday here at our church. Uh, we're going to, uh, in our church that we help plant and, and start in Nicaragua, there's over 100 new children who have signed up who need Compassion sponsors. Uh, and so we're going to have the opportunity to uh, uh, sponsor some more children. We already sponsor over 200 children in Leon, Nicaragua. So we're going to have the opportunity to sponsor more. Also, uh, as I was talking to our compassion guy, I said, hey, I said, they've heard my story. Like, I don't know how much more I can say because of COVID, we've not been able to travel back down there. And so I don't have that much to say. So we're actually going to have an adult here who grew up uh, in compassion and is going to talk about what it was like and what he experienced. And so uh, it's going to be really cool, Sunny. So you start out and love is compassion. You look at people in Nicaragua and you look at the, the, the poverty and you look at uh, just the dire circumstances circumstances that they are in, and you, man, you, you love them. You have compassion for them. It's one of the ways that love is expressed. So love is compassion. Number two, love is action. Verse 34, then he goes, he bandaged him, he brought him, he got him to an inn, he took care of him, he poured olive oil on his, on his wounds, he gave him wine, he took care of him. Love is action. You should say you love, I love you to people that you love. You should say that all the time, but they, they ought to know it as well through your actions. Love is action. I do something with what I have. And so, and this is really important for those of us who, if you want to know what God has for you in your life, like the real specific ministry, this is this is the way you find out. What you don't do in this moment is go, well, I see this person, but that's not really my ministry. You know, my ministry, like, like I have a ministry. I, I, I teach. Uh, that, that's, my, that's my deal. Uh, and so, but when I see someone like this, I can't say, that, well, that's, you know, that's not my ministry. Good luck. No, no, no. You, you come across needs, and it doesn't matter if it's your ministry or your gifting. Love is action. Well, I've got to help this person. And so you help them along the way. And, and what's interesting about it is when you do that enough times, God's going to give you an opportunity, and all of a sudden you're going to find, oh, I just did this because it came across, but now God's showing me, this is my ministry. This is actually what I'm good at. I've done a lot of things and uh, done the best that I can, but all of a sudden, this is the one that's like God's Spirit is inviting me and showing me how wonderful it is. That's how you find out your ministries. And so, you find out your calling by just as you come across needs, meeting them. Love is action. Now, most, most, in fact, almost all world religions have a form of the golden rule, a form of the golden rule. Now, the golden rule, uh, Matthew 7, uh, 12, says, whatever you want others to do for you, you do the same for them. That's the golden rule. You do for others what you wish they would do for you. So if I'm lying naked in a ditch bleeding, I hope someone would, you know, do for me and help me out. But most, uh, or Christianity is the only one that has this, that has this edict in a positive sense. Every other religion has it in a negative sense. They say, don't do to others what you don't want them to do to you. And there's a world of difference between the two. If I, you know, I, I've, I've come across people all the you, you know, time that say, well, I, I, I don't hurt them. I don't do anything for them. That's fantastic. But do you go out of your way to do something for them? It's a positive sense in this word. We have to go and we have to make a difference and show up and do something for them. 
to be proactive, not just to not do harm, but to actually do something that helps them. So love is compassion, love is action. Number three, love is money and time. You want to write that down if you're uh, married or dating, uh, and so especially. So love is money and time. The Bible says he did this for an entire day. And then verse 35, he took out more money and he gave it to the innkeeper to take care of him. Love is money and time. You spend money, you spend time with those who you love. And Jesus says that this man spent both his time and his money for this other person. You ever have a Christmas where your kids start to get older and they buy you a gift with their own money? Oh, that is so much better. That is so much better. I mean, my, my son the, the other day, like, uh, you, you know, he, I looked at something. He got this cool speaker, and I looked at it, and I went, hey, where'd you get this? And he goes, you, you bought that for me. I was like, oh, oh, never mind, never mind. And so, because, you know, Melinda buys all the gifts. So, right? But, but he bought me a gift this last year. Uh, it's awesome. One of my best gifts ever. So it's the one in the garage. Yeah, I can't tell you. But uh, and so, so it's, it's just for us. But... I love it when they do that for you. Um, when, uh, when the fires happen, uh, uh, you guys know I, I, was, I was actually on the news, uh, the national news, and uh, some people saw me. And one of the people that saw me was the president of my seminary. Well, you need to know something about seminary. It's, it's like you don't have any money when you're in seminary. Uh, you're, I mean, you're usually married at this point, but you can't work full-time a lot of times because uh, your school load is so much. And so you're just barely getting by. You're getting your master's degree. Uh, and so, you, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a very financially challenging time. Plus, you're taking all these classes that cost all this money and these $400 books, crazy things like that. But they took up an offering uh, during chapel service. And uh, they sent me the money because I was, I was a graduate from there. And it was overwhelming. I was so thankful. But I'll never forget, uh, they sent, you know, they gathered all the money up and then, you know, they put it in the seminary and the seminary wrote me a check for the entire amount. So they sent me a check. They sent my family a check and a gift card. And when I went to check on the balance on that gift card, it was like twenty-eight thirty-five. Right, so it was a gift card that someone had that this student had, and he was given that gift card, and he had been using it for whatever he had been using it, but he gave all that he had, and it was overwhelming to me. It was overwhelming to me. That guy loved me, and I don't know his name. I can never thank him, but that guy was this text. He came across the need of someone that you know, lost everything, and he gave all that he had when literally I still had way more. That was love. I had another relative that didn't go on a trip that year uh, because they, they gave me their vacation money. They gave us their vacation money. Love is giving. Love is time. Love is money. And we give that that way. That's what love is. Those are the ways that we see love. When you don't see love in these ways, then it's not truly love. It's not truly love at all. Now, Here's our homework for the week, and here's where we're going to see God show up. Jesus said in verse 37, go and do the same. Go and do the same. Now, think about that for a second. Like, you can't um, manipulate circumstances. You're like, I'm going to come across someone who is different from me, who needs money, and I'm going to go help them. Like that, like you can't. But Jesus commands us to go and do this. So this is a spiritual encounter. So I'm going to challenge you today to see if God is really God and he really shows up for those who love him and just to pray a simple prayer and say, God, I want to be the Good Samaritan.
I want to be the person who comes across someone and truly helps them. Now, I'm going to give you some coaching on this because there's, there's some very specific things. So before you're like, oh yeah, I'm all in, let me give you some specific things about praying for this. So I want you to walk out, if you're going to do this, I want you to walk out of this uh, a building and pray, God, give me a good Samaritan moment. Make it very clear this is my Good Samaritan moment. And, and I would pray, I, I, I pray like, God, do it this week. Now, God is not time bound. So for some of you, it's going to be three months from now. He's going to do whatever he wants, but he tells you, go and do the same. So you're going to walk out and you're going to say, okay, I want to be a Good Samaritan. But you're going to have to first pray against being a Levite and the priest because your chances are you're going you're gonna to be tempted to miss this because when you walk out and when you actually see this happening, you're going to be busy. You're going to be on your way to do something else, and you're going to have to not do that thing in order to uh, serve and minister in this way. And it's very challenging for some of us. Some of us live by our to-do list. Some of us, I mean, like, I get, like, so much self-worth by look at my to-do list. How many check marks? God must love me. I mean, I do. I, I have a real tough time with it. And, and if I have a to-do list and I don't get it done, but I get something off to the side, it's going to take, like, a conscious decision on my part to turn away from it. So you're going to go and you're going to do this. Now, when it shows up in your life, don't ask for a sign. Don't ask for people, don't ask for a sign. Don't ask, well, is this it? Is this, you know, like this, here's the opportunity. Is this it? If there's a person in front of you and you notice them and you have the opportunity, that's it. That's, I mean, this is your good Samaritan moment. So don't, don't worry about a sign. Don't be like, God, put them in a red jacket with a blue hat. Don't do that. Just, just like show up. I mean, the Holy Spirit will speak to you. In fact, most of the time when we ask for signs, uh, where we see that is, is Gideon and he was actually uh, struggling with his faith. So just trust God. He'll show up and he'll show you this person. And you'll see this person and you'll know it's that moment. And you'll, you'll, uh, you'll pray, you know, here we go. So um, the person will probably pray that the person will look different than you. Remember, we're, we're looking at what it takes to be intentionally multi-ethnic. And, and Jesus uses this example and he says, here's the deal. Here's someone who helps someone who didn't look like them. Now, sometimes that's economics, a lot of times in our world. That's, you know, God has blessed so many of us here at River Valley, and we're, you know, and, and so, so it's someone who doesn't look like us uh, because of poverty. And sometimes it's someone that we think, well, they don't deserve that because they've made bad decisions. Listen, I am so glad Jesus doesn't help those people who deserve it. I am so glad he gives grace. He just lavishes grace on us. Don't ask if, you know, don't say, God help me because I deserve it. You don't, and neither do they. And so there's going to be a chance that they're going to be undeserving in some way. Uh, then remember, uh, this ministry will take both time and money. Will take both time and money as you have compassion on them. Be careful. If you have some money, don't just give them some money. Time and money. Stop and help Stop and talk, stop and converse, stop and get into their world and their situation and see what they need and see how you can help them. A lot of us have excess money, and so we might want to give some money and that be enough. No, time 
and money is very, very important. Ask that. Uh, the last one is uh, when this happens, I would love for you to tell like your community group about it. I would love for you to email about it. Last week, I gave you the assignment to give your testimony. Somebody sent me their testimony this week. It was awesome. I loved it. So feel free to share with those who are, are, uh, are in the faith, but don't put it out for everyone. Don't put it. I just helped someone check me out. All right, don't put that on Facebook. All right, the Bible says when we practice our righteousness before people, that that's our reward. Everybody goes, oh, you're so awesome. And you're like, that's true. All right, don't do that. All right, instead, be, be quiet about it. Let Jesus see it. Let Jesus see you help someone and, and truly, truly show uh, what he has. Now, so we're going to have that opportunity here in just a moment. And this is one of those moments that when I read this, I was like, this is going to be cool. Because some of you are going to have these miraculous moments. I mean, like within 24 hours. Some, I mean, you're just like, there he was, there she was, there it was. I mean, and it's a million different things. And God's going to, and you're going to know, like, this isn't coincidence. This is God. This is God showing up and showing himself. If you truly love me, you'll truly love my people. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to help in that way. Now, some of you, it's going to take a while, but I really and truly believe if God commands us, he says, go and do this, then there's going to be a moment for all of us over time. If you want it. If, now, don't, like, I'm not going to be like, all right, who's going to raise their hands and do it? I'm not going to do that today because then everybody will be like, oh, all right. All right, I'm not going to do that. And so, in you and God, because if you're not going to do it, then don't say you're going to do it. Like, say, God, you're going to have to change my heart because I'm not that guy or I'm not that girl. But if you are going to do it, then I want you to humbly pray this prayer. Now, for those who aren't believers today, let me make one shift, and then we're going to come back. I want you to think of this, and I want you to think of this, that you're the man who was bloodied and bruised. You're the man who was robbed and had everything taken away from him. You're the man who could not help himself. And Jesus is the one who came and gave everything to help you. The story really and truly is, is uh, remember, it's about eternal life. We get eternal life because I couldn't do anything. I couldn't fix my problems. I was out of control. And Jesus, I was bruised and bloody. And Jesus picked me up. And Jesus gave me all himself to, so that I could inherit eternal life. God, I love you with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, with all my strength. And for those of us who are believers in Christ today, God, I love my neighbor. Help me to encounter someone this week that I truly Let's pray. <coughs> I'm going to invite you right where you are. Now that you know the answer to the question, how do I inherit eternal life? The question, the first question is, do you have it? Do you have eternal life? I mean, do you know that you are going to spend eternity with Jesus in heaven? Do you truly love God with all, all, all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, all your mind? I have faith in God that he is worthy of all of my love. That he, the Bible says we love because he first loved us. So Jesus loved us while we were unlovely. We were the, we were the bruised and bloodied man left for dead. 
He didn't look and say, well, there's somebody. He looked and said, man, they need help. Jesus forgives our sins through his death on the cross, through his burial, through his resurrection. So today, if you don't know God, call out to him. Call out to Jesus. Tell him, I have faith that you are the God who is worthy of all my love. I have faith that you died on the cross. I have faith that you were raised to eternal life. Secondly, for those of us who have experienced Jesus, are you willing to pray the prayer, God, help me to be the good Samaritan? And I'm asking this week. Certainly you are able to do it whenever you want, but I'm asking this week. I understand it's going to cost me. I understand it's going to be inconvenient. I understand my money and my time will go away and, and won't be brought back. I mean, they're gone. God, I understand that this is just me and you. This isn't so I can put this out to the world. God, I want to help your people. I want to be a light to those who are hurting. So if that's you, I want you to pray that prayer right now. Jesus, I love you. Help me to show it as I love those I encounter. And I'm asking you to give me a good Samaritan moment this week. Give me faith to follow through. Give me the money that's required. Give me the clarity of the moment that I would not miss it. God, I want to praise you in faith that I'm praying a very specific prayer and you're going to answer it this week. Jesus, we love you. Amen. Let's stand and let's worship. Thank you for listening. I pray that the message gave you hope, that you were inspired, you were challenged. And I want to also encourage you that if you'd like to join us live, you can go to myrivervalley.church or download the River Valley app for more info about service times, directions, and ministries. And thank you for giving. Your generosity and how you serve as our church family is so important to us. You are helping reach people for the gospel of Jesus. You can go to myrivervalley.church give for more details there as well. We'll see you next week.